0: What do you experience? No, 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 no.
1: We're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode three ninety eight, A.K.A. Year Eight, Week Twenty Six, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I'm your host, Mister Richie Rich, along with MC and-, and KS. Welcome back, MC. Welcome back, KS. Uh, since there, since those two guys are back, we are broadcasting again on Clubhouse. So you can find us there, uh, clubhouse. the The club name is the Anarchist Experience. Or you can at me at Riches for Rich R I C H E S. The number four R I C H, uh, and we are going to be for the interim for the for, I'm going to call it the winter season, uh, moving up the live recording to three p.m. Eastern Time instead of the regular four p.m. Eastern Time. Um, so if you'd like to participate in the show, you know throw out a message in the chat or actually raise your hand because you have something interesting to say uh go ahead and you know mark your calendar or at me because i'll click the button to invite you when we start the show but it's going to be an hour er or the live broadcast is going to be an hour earlier than usual uh for the winter season and then we'll see what happens uh when daylight savings time does its bullshit again in the spring uh that being said there was a lot going on in your
2: absence what have you guys been up to and what did we miss? Um, well, I made it to Thailand again and we can talk about the traffic if you want. <laughs> sure. Whatever. But, <laughs> compelling. Well, so to make it more compelling, my, my, uh, my dad is, or was a, a police officer. And, and I said, me. and I said, well, you know, I think, there's you know, shouldn't be any speed limits. you know there should just be you know, you just drive safe maybe is the rule, and not even sure if we need, you know cops enforcing that. Yeah, uh, maybe they should just come when there's an accident or something. I right.
1: don't know, but and and uh, take responsibility for the way you drive, right? like if you cause physical harm to a person or property damage, because of you know your lack of skill on the road then you have to pay right like there's you know with with freedom comes with responsibility go ahead you disagree with that
2: maybe but i mean there's certainly going to be people that that don't buy insurance and they run into people and they flee so and it happens anyway um yeah but if
1: you know but if they're caught right you you can hold someone accountable in absentia and then enforce that once they're caught, right? Sure. Like I, don't, I don't find that to be unreasonable even absent a state. Like, I think that would still be a thing.
2: Yeah, but my, my main point, or his main point, was that, well, if there's no speed limit signs, uh, then people will just uh, go nuts, and there'll be chaos and uh, tragedy at, around every corner and and people won't be able to figure it out and so anyway in in thailand um there are no rules on the road there's no cops pulling people over because they're going too fast and people figure it out (laughs) you know everybody's just you know there are a lot of nuts on the road in thailand and probably if you were there long enough you would drive like a nut too, because that's just how people drive there.
1: Yes. And
2: uh, there's also a lot of taxis. And so, you know, if you just can't handle that kind of nonsense, um, then you pay somebody else to do it for you. And uh, that's what a lot of people do. And, and taxis are very cheap over there. I don't really understand how the, how the taxis survive because the price is so low. It's like, (laughs) how do they even pay for gas? I don't, get it so all the taxis are trying to find ways to scam the customers you know take them extra long routes so they get a little bit more money and that's just ridiculous but um yeah so it's not perfect um but my point is there are no rules on the roads in, in thailand and it's basically working it's not uh it's not unworkable
1: yeah so my experience here is a little bit frustrating because for whatever reason, like I've, I've heard the explanation for this. I may have shared this on here before. Um, people on the freeway going North South drive well over the speed limit here and like fine. Cool. I've become a right lane driver, unfortunately. <laughs> you know it is what it is. But on the highway going East to West, People seem to like drive below the speed limit. <laughs> going, what the, the sun is in their eyes? It, that could very well be one of the explanations. Um, the other, the other explanation that I've heard is uh, the the East West Highway doesn't have a lane divider, right? Mm-hmm. So if you drift, yeah. you're in oncoming traffic, and that naturally slows people down. Perhaps, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Uh, but it's still well, especially if they. If they do drift and hit each other, that slows them down.
1: Yeah, yeah, but but I guess my point is that even even here, right, the the speed limit exceeds the natural driving speed of people. So, the, the if there were no speed limit, right, people would still be driving slower, you know, than the current speed limit because they already do. You know, you, you don't yeah. have you may have the, Except- the maniac
2: except in Colorado where the speed limit is 70 around some corners and the 70 is too high. <laughs> well, but, but that's and, what I'm and, pe- saying. And, and people and people go 70 or higher and, and they can't make it. So there are a lot of accidents in Colorado because they're not used to, uh, having a speed limit that is higher than it should be. Okay. And, and I'm sure the locals have figured that out, right? Mm, sure. Okay. Um, but there's there's a lot of new locals <laughs> okay from coming from
1: california and other places do you okay so let me let me process this thought the speed limit is 70 so people go 70 and they wreck because the speed limit should be lower and they just don't know yep okay so would you then be okay with speed suggestions oh yeah like, definitely hey yeah. you can go 70 but you're going to end up over there you in, know
2: in fact if recommended if speed as opposed to a hard limit if there's a use for government at all, I think it there should, isn't. But it should only be as recommendations. Okay. So, like, if the CDC came around and said, "Well, we think you should take this vaccine," okay, I don't care what you think, but whatever. Okay. Uh, you know, maybe it helps some people. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Yeah, but when they go, yeah. "Oh no, we're making this recommendation," and then all the schools and uh, force the kids to get, uh, you know, jabbed and boosted um that's that's where i have a problem okay uh,
0: or better yet um privatize the highways so that it's um, a matter of accountability and responsibility and private payment and all that
1: yeah well in, even on a private highway right the, the, you know the private road owner will likely post recommended speeds if they're not going to have hard limits right and sure. and they would be allowed to have hard limits and enforce that however they want and i don't want that either um but yeah you know like going the i know it's a speed limit but when i'm rounding a bend and the speed limit sign turns orange right i i i receive that as a recommendation where i go oh okay this is going to be a hard left right (laughs) yeah maybe i should slow down a little bit you know if it goes from 50 to 35 right maybe maybe you know it's a steep corner i still might take it at 50 because hey We'll see. Um, but I, I received that as a recommendation.
2: Nobody in Thailand pays attention to those signs that say there's a corner coming and you should, you should slow down. They just, they just go full speed into the corner and go, oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, That's frustrating. <laughs> okay, but that oops is costly, right? Oh, yeah.
1: You know, if you, wreck your, if you wreck your car every time you take that corner, right, you're, you're eventually going to figure it out. And the sooner you figure it out, the more money you'll save. And the yeah. more money you save, the more money you'll have to, like, spend on other things or, you know, make a living as a taxi driver. Uh, the other thing, you know, weird here, uh, if if we travel down to Boston, which I haven't done in a while, but one of the coolest things I, I find about Boston driving is people in Boston don't give a fuck what lane you're in. Right? Okay. Like you just, whatever lane you're in, you can just go whatever direction you want to go. So if you're in the left lane and you need to make a right, you know, to turn down wherever it is you need to turn, you just take a right. And everyone just kind of figures it out, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's bizarre. And I go, okay, like, you know, new rule, it doesn't matter what lane you're in. You can just go where you want. And <laughs> you know. So when I'm in Boston, I drive accordingly. I, I drive like a Bostonian in Boston.
2: Yeah, that's that's kind of my point. You drive and like a New Yorker in New York. If if you were in Thailand, you would drive like a Thailander. <laughs> yeah,
1: very quickly, because you know, I personally, I believe in my skill set. Right, I go like, oh, these little fuckers can do it, and can't be that <laughs> hard. Sure. Or or if people from Boston can do it, then clearly I've got a leg up. But yeah, the, you know, the first time it was like, okay, that was weird. I'm like, what the fuck is that guy doing? And then by the seventh or eighth time, you know, on the same trip, it's like, oh, that's just how they do it here. Noted. Noted. Let's do it. <laughs> so any other, any other takeaways from
2: your Thailand trip? Uh, that was the main one. Um, it, was, uh, it was a good trip and got to see a whole bunch of uh, artwork and temples and stuff. Yeah. So your
1: next Thailand trip then, you have to take your dad with you and let him drive. Oh no. Right? No. No, he's got to experience it. You
2: know, uh, first hand uh, information uh, pops. A, a ride in the taxi would be enough. You think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All
1: right.
2: Yeah, you don't you don't I don't I wouldn't even want to do it. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I guess I guess I'm built different. I like I I relish the challenge.
2: Sure, sure. Yeah. I I, th- I think you'd be alright. I just I don't have any desire to deal with it.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's fair. despite my lack of license, I do enjoy driving like that's and driving fast, which is the unfortunate part about the lack of license. Mm. Like, you know, back when I had the, you know, the license or at least the license card before they took it away from me. Right. I, you know, in Hawaii, because the speed limits are so low and you, you know, everyone's on Hawaiian time anyway. (laughs) Right? I was definitely a member of the left lane driver's club uh, to the point where I had the sign on my window that, you know, i had it printed backwards yeah. so it said move over you know well, when that's, that's review. that was mirror. my other
2: my other point to my dad was that well nobody really follows the speed limit anyway uh so it's it's kind of a farce um, it's n- nobody cares about yeah. Yeah. It, you know the, the speed limit by my house says 25 miles an hour it's it's a four-lane road it's super wide. It, it's actually a six-lane road because of all the extra space it has. It's a very wide road and 25 miles an hour, and even when the police are off duty driving up and down the road, they're going 40. Yeah, because yeah. it
1: makes sense with that much space. Ab- MC, but what about the pedestrians? When I when I come over and I park on the opposite side of the road because that's where I can find parking, I have to cross this six lane monstrosity of people going 15 miles an hour over the speed limit. It's risky for me. Yeah. What about it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, the do, is there any consideration for pedestrians on wide highways when they're crossing? Like, is there, is there a, is there a market demand to keep pedestrians safe in these areas or in Thailand? Like how was, what was the pedestrian, you know, traffic like with with all these people driving crazy
0: well that's the problem that of a government road there is no market demand involved because it's you know to have market you have to have competition and freedom of choice and options which aren't um, allowed with government ownership of the road
1: right Well, well and yet there is market demand across the street right like I do as a pedestrian there are some areas where I want to get from hither to yon without driving a vehicle right
0: Mm.
1: and the question is like i can't be the only one and is it safe for me to do so and is there enough is there enough people like me who would value that service to make it to make the road safe for us to get through right so there there's market demand for the service it's just is there not enough market demand for someone to supply it does that make sense
2: uh we we'll, we we'll, we'll have to find out <laughs> okay <laughs> once there's free market roads mm-hmm.
1: well i okay yes and you that it still exists within the government paradigm right there there are pedestrians who would like to have safe passage right can we at least agree on that
0: yeah but the when um, i i see it different because make, making decisions on a government highway involves going to uh, electing officials and going to board meetings and and getting input uh, with planning councils and um, all of that that's that's um, a bit different than than market yeah. phenomena well but the, i mean the market is always talking- having to have to curry favor with those politicians but it's uh, you know just like they do with building a house or something like that you know they say well we'd like to have maybe a, a bridge over the road so we can cross without even encountering uh, traffic. Uh, but I mean, and right. presumably you could say, well, they, they could fund one themselves, but they still have to get government permission to yeah. build something well, over the government road.
1: Yes. But now you're talking about how do we meet market demand, right? The demand exists now. Is it worth meeting? And if so, how, right there, there are, <laughs> I'm surprised this is controversial. Uh, there are people that would like to get from one side of the street to the other side of the street safely. Like, okay, good. We're, we're in agreement there. And so there's, there's, there is, I'm going to call that market demand, right? For safe passage from one side of the street to the other. Now in a free market system, you know, you go, you go to the road owner and you go like, Hey, there's a bunch of us that want to get across the street safely. What can you do? The guy goes, well, I gotta put up a crosswalk. I can put up a bridge. I can, you know, dig underneath the road or whatever. You know, and and not obstruct the road traffic, you know, and that that would be a way for the supplier to meet market demand, Uh, you know, put put a uh, one of what do you call the carousel things like at the subway, right? You got to buy a fucking ticket to punch through the carousel to cross his road, since you put all the effort into putting the bridge up or whatever, right? That that would be a market mechanism for meeting market demand, but under the government paradigm, there there are still people that would like to get across that road safely. And how the government meets that demand is completely different because they don't pay attention necessarily to the desires of the consumer, right? Because there isn't a consumer. There's just people who want to get across the road safely and go like, well, hey, we want to get across this road safely, you know, and then you got to go to your planning committee or uh, oversight board and find out, you know, whether or not you can do whatever it is. There have been cases of people going like, well, I'm just, I'm just going to paint my own crosswalk, right? Mm -hmm. Just a marker right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you don't have to abide by the rules of the crosswalk. Cause it's clearly, you know, unofficial. But if the guy goes out there and paints lines on the ground, it's a public road. He's, you know, he's, he pays his taxes presumably. And he paints lines on the ground just so people are aware that this seems to be an area where people like to cross the street. Right. You know, they, they put out those little rubber, rubber rollers, things to, to gauge how much car traffic is going by a given area. You know, they, they can pop up a camera or, you know, a neighbor can uh, uh, observe, you know, the, the abundance of traffic in one particular area where people naturally cross over. They go, like, oh, this would be a good place to paint some lines. And then the guy goes and paints some lines and the, the government goes like, ah, oh, you're not allowed to do that. That's our job. And they erase the lines and they find the guy, right? Like instead of just going like, hey, maybe this was a good idea. Let's leave this. You know, they they turn him into a a, a criminal right? And so I'm not advocating for that sort of thing. Um, but there are, there, there, are, there are ways to do it within the government paradigm to get people from one side of the street to the other. And there are free market ways to get from one side of the street to the other. In either case, there are people who would like to, you know, there, there is the demand for safe passage. And it's about how we meet that demand. And if it's valuable enough, right? Like if one guy goes up to the road owner and says, like, hey, it'd be great if you put a crosswalk here for me you know, and it's one guy, maybe the guy says, you know, piss off wanker, right? I'm not, you know, you're, you're one guy, you figure it out. There is not enough demand, right? For me to expend the cost. Um, similarly, I, there was a, a story I think it was on like the good news network. I don't have it a show prep because it was, you know, a short little blurb, but apparently in Japan they had a train and they were going to decommission the train, until the authorities, right? This is, this is I, I presumably the government, uh, the the authorities um, realized that there was like one girl riding the train to school, right? And so they waited for her to graduate before decommissioning the train, and that was touted as some sort of oh look how great this is how how much they care. I mean, what an inefficient fucking use of resources. Right to serve one to keep an entire train running to serve one customer for free, or however much like one train ticket was, you know.
2: Maybe she was paying a lot for that ticket. (laughs) Somehow, as a student, somehow I doubt it. (laughs) But yeah, is is that a good thing?
1: Right? Is that is that should we be meeting that level of demand? You know, I think not. But apparently, the Japanese think so. Or at least in that one particular case.
2: Yeah. So what, what else is going on in the world? Um, uh, I mean, Elon's constantly in the in the news now. Um, FTX exploded, took a whole bunch of stuff with it. So
1: um, talk talk about the FTX thing because I I read an article on it I believe last week, and I knew nothing about it before reading the article. So I kind of yeah. you know I kind of went through it, um, ignorant. I guess, yeah. and, and learned about it as, you know, as I commented on it. Um, but it seems it's, I, I, I'm of two minds on it, right? Yes, it exploded. And it seems like all the hate um, being brought on down to it is deserved. But everything it did kind of parallels the existing banking system. And I don't see the similar amount of hate
2: for that institution. Oh. So what do you know? the The banking system, when when it implodes every once in a while, uh, it gets bailed out. So, um, what can you say? You know, one of them, one of them wipes people out, and the other one gets bailed out. So, well, and getting wiped out is how it should happen, right? Yeah, I mean, but, <laughs> that's that's the whole debate. Like, do we do you do you let corrupt? institutions fail or do you say well no this one's too big so we'll just you know pretend it didn't happen
1: uh, uh if that's not a hypothetical you let them fail right that's that's the market process mm. right invest people who invested in ftx or put their coins on the exchange right took a risk and that risk didn't pay off and that that's like that's the end of the story now f- fraud still a crime Right. Can they hold them accountable as best they can, you know, but as, but the, the outside commenters, the non crypto people who are just shitting all over the entire crypto sphere because another exchange, you know, defrauded customers, Mm. right. You know, don't look within the current system and go like, Oh no, this, they were operating how banks operate. They just didn't get a bailout. Right so it's it's hard for me to take any outside it's hard yeah. for me to take any outside criticism or commentary from people ignorant of the crypto space when they're not when they're not holding the same standard to the current institutions
2: yeah well and and i'm not saying you're wrong but uh f t x wasn't just a scam it was uh, a complete um not not just a fraud but uh, more moronic, um, incompetence. Like it, the, okay. the, the, level of incompetence that, that, that they had at, at that institution was, was it's, it's impossible to, to say how bad it was. It's just, it's okay. It was the worst. Like you couldn't get any worse than that. <laughs> so
1: in, in case I didn't do it justice reading through the, you know, the one article that I had on it, um, for my benefit and anybody else who actually listens to this, what is your understanding of what happened that made it that level of incompetence? Um, like start from the beginning.
2: Well, from the beginning, uh, SBF, his, his whole scam was, uh, he, he got a, a little bit of money or created his token and he got a whole bunch of loans and he used that to make markets and he promoted his, his brand, which was FTX, and he made a second company, the Alameda Research, that uh, was a market making uh, scam in itself. And what market making is is when you take a token that is absolutely worthless and you start trading it amongst yourself uh, and your and your friends. And th- then it has a price. And then you can make that price go up or down. And if you make it go up, then people think, oh, well, it's going up, so it must be worth something. And then all of a sudden, that's, you know, it has a market cap and uh, and that's how much they say they're worth. Okay. doesn't doesn't matter if they're actually worth that much. It's just, you know, that's what it's trading at. And so they, they mark that on their balance sheet as, oh, I've got a billion uh, Shiba Inu tokens now. Okay. A billion A billion dollars worth. And then they... They use that balance sheet and they say, look how rich we are. You should give us a loan. And they get a loan from somebody else and then they buy some other crap with it. And th- so the real thing is that he, he thought he was going to make a whole bunch of money on this. He, he thought that uh, he was going to succeed at trading. And, it, and it's just like every a person out of college that thinks they're a market genius and they get on the stock market and and get their ass handed to them. You know, it's like, it's actually harder than it looks. And the only thing, the only reason he went on as long as he did is because everybody around him in the media and the government that he paid off uh, said he was a genius. Okay. And his carefree attitude actually attracted people to him, which is insane. So one time he was he was on a on a conference call doing a 210 million dollar deal and he was playing video games while he was doing it like and and streaming and, and on twitter and everything at the same time and so somebody was like wow he's so much so such a genius that he can do these deals while playing video games and like, to me that's a total turnoff like like why are you t- not taking this seriously this is like somebody's life savings yeah uh, or Maybe it's a hundred other people's life savings that somebody's you know gambling on now and okay let's and he, let's and pause. he's just a joke okay let's
1: pause there because you said some things that I want to uh, take a step back and, and walk through here so he created he created a token right and leveraged that to get bank loans
2: I yeah not just bank loans but lo- loans from institutions anybody he could you could get them from, really. Right,
1: right. so whose fault is that, though? Right, like, I could create a token and shop it around and be like, hey, look, I got the token. How much will you loan me? And, you know, the the institutions take responsibility for their, you know, for their bad investments.
2: Some of the people they got the loans from were also uh, scammers themselves. So let's say there's another uh, crypto exchange like Celsius or BlockFi. I think BlockFi is probably the biggest one right now. Okay, so BlockFi goes. Well, I've got all these customers that I've promised to give uh, an interest on their Bitcoin because they're they're depositing their their Bitcoin here, and BlockFi says, "Well, I need a, a way to raise uh, cash because I need to pay my my investors, right? And they want to make money themselves." And so they see this big pile of Bitcoin sitting there and say, well, what do we do with it? We can't just let it sit here. It won't make the interest. And then we won't be able to pay them. And, and, and I won't make any money and we'll fail. So they go, Oh, look at FTX. It's the second biggest exchange in the world. And, and, and they're making, you know, billions of dollars and, you know, they've got to be good for it. And they go, okay, we'll just loan our Bitcoin to them and, and they'll pay the interest on it. Okay. And so you have, multiple fraudulent institutions taking money from customers well okay. customers have no idea what's going on and that's of course it's their fault and so you know so what
1: even, I, <laughs> even what you've said so far i'm still trying to find fault in sam bankman-fried's you know position well, here like no, he created normally, a token, token
2: okay even lent on him his money even on his website it said we we do not uh lend out or trade customer funds that that your funds are yours and that's that's okay. that so it, that was the
1: lie so that's but that's different than institutional investors giving him loans that's a true okay so he built he he created a token he shopped it out to institutional investors to get him a loan but then defrauded customers who were depositing with his
2: institution yeah, but he was defrauding everybody. He was defra- defrauding the people that are giving them lo- him okay. loans because he didn't pay them back. Because what? He couldn't because he's busy giving his money away. Because he he viewed the money as his, and that's okay. where the altruistic, uh, no autistic, <laughs> <laughs> same thing. Effective, effective altruism. Uh, his that's that's one of his. Uh, uh, selling points to you know his his brand and his personality was that he doesn't care about money he's just gonna make a whole bunch of money and give it away okay. and really what he was doing was mm, you know buying his image that's all he was doing okay and and obviously he didn't care about money because he doesn't have any anymore <laughs>
1: and the, the other thing you said is um he you know he effectively created markets by mm-hmm. trading these tokens that he created so, not just once he
2: created so like if, if you and me wanted to create a token yeah. we would go to him and say hey we have this idea for this token and if he likes the idea then then what he'll say is well give us a third of the tokens and we'll pump up the price and put them on our exchange and because they make it to the exchange people and, and the price is gonna you know we're, they can control the price the price will go up and then uh, you know random customers will start trading it on the exchange and, okay. and that's that's where the scam comes in. That's, that's market making. And you know, okay, well, it's, it's wrong. Um, Bitcoin also
1: started at zero, right? mm -hmm. And the price grew because people were trading it. Mm -hmm. So how is, how is creating a new token different than the original token being created? And in this case, the original Um, token being Bitcoin. Because
2: all the ones that they're creating now are, are copies and they're, they're, they're being created to defraud people. Okay. They're doing it to give the perception that they're worth something when they're not. They're, so they're doing it in a fraudulent manner. Um, now, whether or not they should be allowed to do that, that's another question. I think, I think they should be allowed to do it. Right. Um, you know, everybody should be able to make their own decision what they want to gamble on. Right. So bit, Bitcoin,
1: being created not to defraud people, different from FTX, which was created with the intent to defraud people. That's that's you're yeah. that that's the fundamental difference.
2: Because because to, to me, I, and I don't know, like I, like w- the intent. I don't think it, uh, fully describes it because I think he thought that he was a genius, and everybody around him told told him he was a genius, and he thought he could just use leverage and build a ponzi scheme that would never end and he in six months ago he he explained in a youtube video uh that you know that he was doing ponzi schemes and it's kind of funny that it took six months for it to to collapse but
1: well i watched i if we're talking about the same video i watched it i watched you know whatever interview he was having with whomever the guy is about
2: about the box that he creates and people put money into it yeah yeah (laughs) it's it's totally like why would anybody do that but he says you know, I'm successful at creating these boxes and selling them to people, so that's what I'm doing. Well, and, and, okay. the, and okay. so then the other problem though is he's taking other people's money in his supposed exchange and and so let's say you deposit a bitcoin in FTX. And it says on the website, "Oh, we we keep your your money, you know, your bitcoin is yours. It's not anybody else's. It's in a it's in an account in a in a wallet on our exchange and you have, you know, you can take it out whenever you want." But he didn't have any Bitcoin. So you put a Bitcoin on his exchange, and it disappears. They, they loan it out to somebody else immediately, just like you know the real world, where when you right. deposit money into the bank, they loan it out. And so that's it's you know that's where the lie and the deception came in is that right. you know the money wasn't actually there. But the whole box creation thing, mm-hmm. right? I didn't
1: again uh, forgive my ignorance, but I didn't find necessarily any fault
2: with his reasoning. Right. Okay. That, that part is okay. But how, how did he make the market? He was using customer funds to do the, the, the pumping of the coins.
1: Well, in the, in his explanation, he says like, well, we, I have this empty box and let's say that it's worth $20 million. Right. the interview goes, well, how did you come up with that number? And he goes like, well, I made it up, but it's not mm -hmm. zero. It's something above zero. And we'll just, you know, for this example, say that it's $20 million. Right, but it, every every new shitcoin that hits the market, right, should effectively be zero. There's no value add. It's not doing anything significantly different that would give it a price high enough to justify its existence. Right? True. There, there's so many of them. It's ubiquitous at this point. You just oh, you just created no token, right? So having the empty box and having a mark, you know, market cap being twenty not 20 million, not necessarily unrealistic. And that's, that's how, you know, that's how trading works. It's like, it's the bane of Bitcoin's existence, right? As the, as the price goes up, more people want to get in, right? And then at some point, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say the bubble burst or or we see, we see a correction, right? Mm -hmm. In the Bitcoin price. um, And it comes crashing back down to some other, you know, not all time low, but you know, some, some low, and then people start figuring out again and it goes back up. So pumping up a new token, right, but based on the perception, right, based on activity, right, if you if you, get an, if you create a new token on FTX and you go like, wow, look at this, there's all these people using it, it's going to attract more money, right? Okay. It's going to attract more money That's it's going to, you know, pump the price up until it doesn't. It's going to reach some artificial high, okay. right, because there's not an infinite supply of other money going into it right? And then that's that's where his bubble popped, but the same can be true or the same has been true for Bitcoin with with without the precipitous drop to zero and accusations of fraud and so on. And I get the I get the fraud part um about, you know, customer funds and holdings and you know not not keeping, you know, on-demand deposits or whatever. Like I'm I'm with you on that.
2: Okay, but, but that was that was the whole scam. If he didn't have other people's money, he couldn't pump coins. You just couldn't do it. Like it'd be like me trying to, uh, you know, create a token and, and 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 try to make the price high. It's like uh, I don't have enough money to do that. Okay.
1: Well, I mean, that's that's every other pump and dump scheme, right? I mean, okay. we, we saw this. Yeah.
2: So pump and dump schemes are fraud
1: and they're wrong. Okay. But we we saw this with uh, on on the real stock market, right? Sure. With, with GameStop potentially with you know the mm-hmm. Robinhood app, whatever. It was a whole bunch of people getting together going like, you know, let's let's pump up the price artificially right. high, right?
2: right the, to, the only difference is that was basically public knowledge. It was on a Reddit channel or something, right, where they got together and, and discussed doing this. Yeah. And so yeah. it was customers with their own money doing it, not just one guy uh, in the Bahamas.
1: Okay. But it's, it's customer money doing it that affected other customers, right? People sure. people with short positions, right mm-hmm. got got wiped out because of an artificially inflated stock True. Right, so what's you know how it, that was that any less of a scam than one man does it does it matter how many people are participating in the fraud
2: um i i think it matters uh i think deception matters okay and so if like when it makes the news that there are people manipulating the the gamestop market um and they're doing it with their own money, not other people's money. Uh, that's it is quite a bit different. Okay, you know, is it is it a problem? Sure, it's a problem. I don't know if there's, uh, you know, anything that can or should be done about it because people should be able to do what they want with their own money. Yeah,
1: and that's, I, and I guess that's again what I'm saying with the with the SBF thing, right? Like you created a fake, yeah, except talk. it wasn't his money. Yeah. <laughs> and again, like. You, you you you. I concede that point, sir.
2: Yeah. Uh, so if it yeah. was his own money, then then I would say, oh man, good game, like really good game, man. Okay. <laughs> but he couldn't do it without billions of dollars of other people's money. <laughs> okay.
1: okay. And, and okay, so one more point then, you can say that about a lot of new businesses in general, right? Sure. Like, I can't start a restaurant today with my own money, mm-hmm. but if I have the idea for a restaurant right? I go like, Hey dude, you know, or banker loan me some money because I'm going to, I'm going to build this restaurant and I think I'm going to make enough money to pay you back. Here's my business plan. Right? Like Mm -hmm. I I couldn't do it on my own. I'm, I'm building my success off of, off of other people's money and they're risking their money, um, Mm -hmm. based on some perceived payout, you know, in the long run that they're going to make their investment back. Mm -hmm. Um, and in 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 crypto, it's a little different, uh, but not not really. Like I've got this new token, right? Loan me some money, and I should be able to pay you back when more people buy in. That's the pyramid scheme aspect of it. But if it continues to trade and find some utility um, as you know as tradable currency, right? Then then it's made it, right? His happened to fail, and, P, and you know investors got burned and customers got burned um because because they perceived their token their coins or their tokens to be safe on his exchange which we learned a long time ago with the Mt. Gox situation was not the case right so i'm 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 i feel bad for the people who were defrauded but i don't feel bad for institutional investors who funded the operation from the beginning is that fair
2: you you don't feel bad for institutional they, they they took a risk on a product
1: and they did not get a, like if my restaurant fails, you don't get your money back. Right.
2: Like I feel, sure. But okay. Th- so the, the problem is it was fraud on top of fraud. And so there was uh, other fraudulent Bitcoin and uh, uh, crypto exchanges
1: yeah, BlockFi, that were whatever.
2: being ex- extremely careless, negligent with other customer funds. So, it wasn't just institutions, it was other fraudulent institutions and uh it was it was a uh comedy of errors and fraud <laughs> you know it was like you get the you get the dumbest uh most irresponsible most corrupt people uh that can make a fancy looking website and that's how you that's that's how you have a major market crash <laughs> Well, let me
1: throw this out there then. Um, not calling for regulation, but isn't there something within the unregulated cryptosphere, right? Oh yeah. Where it's the wild west that attracts those sort of actors because it's currently the area where they can get away with that stuff. Oh yeah. You know, without but that, any legal but that's, repercussions.
2: That's always, that's always been the case. You know, there's, there's always new fancy ways of creating pyramids <laughs> in schemes and schemes, yeah, and there's there's always fraudsters out there, and it's not a new you know, concept. Y- you would you would think after you know Mount Gox failing and and many others that uh, people would get a clue, but you know, well, but but
1: that's why people <laughs> outside of the sphere, outside you know outside of the cryptoverse, view all things crypto as a pyramid scheme, right? Value derived from nothing, starting from nothing right? All of a sudden market caps in the billions upon billions of dollars, right? Price price prices in the tens of thousands of dollars, you know? And like, what's, what's the product or service that we're buying? Yeah.
2: some, some people view that as, as a pyramid about to to blow up and some people are impressed by it. Okay. Oh, SBF, He's, he's a billionaire under 30. He's on the cover of Forbes. He's my new hero. Without ever asking, where did he get the money?
1: You know? Yeah. No, <laughs> I got it. not a billionaire. <laughs> he well, he's was billionaire. a billionaire on paper.
2: Billionaire on paper, you know, just not liquid. Like, what's the point? Well, not liquid and not real at yeah. all. Okay. He's a, he's a virtual billionaire. <laughs> okay.
1: And th- there are gold bugs out there. Peter Schiff being the most prominent one, right? That will say the same about any crypto billionaire, you know, Bitcoin billionaire or whatever. It's like, yeah, where, sure. did, where did it come from? right you 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 put in you put in you know hundreds of dollars into this bitcoin thing the price skyrocketed you cashed out billions and that you know base basically it's a it's a transfer of wealth from the dumb to the early adopters right like i mean that's one way of thinking about it or that's the gold bug way you know okay (laughs) okay if you're a follower of Peter Schiff or anti crypto guy, that's, yeah, that's, that's but that's you the good thing. You, you, okay. you
2: can, you can be a, a Bitcoin bug or you can be a gold bug. Doesn't matter. Or you can just hold dollars all day. Okay. okay. But it's, it, it, that, that that's what's cool about the market is like, you can, you can, you have choices and you can make choices about what to do with your money. Um, the, so, but the SBF thing was in FTX was a fraud of deception and, uh, manipulating perception and he, and he was he, what what i think is funny though is that he's ending up basically broke as far as i can tell maybe he's stashed away money um but oh, he totally stashed
1: I, it if, if he stole the I, money he kept something privately for himself somewhere offshore
2: to go get but the, i mean like, like he,
1: he burying his treasure
2: he had opportunities to walk off with billions and now it Looks like he's maybe going to have millions left but but the millions that he got out of the exchange, I think the Bohemian government uh, has them, so okay. Okay. i I don't know if he's going to have anything left. okay. I don't know if, if he has anything to pay anybody off anymore.
1: okay, I mean, I kind of want to call that you know a, a bit of arrogance, right? At some point, you believe your own press, right. You, I, I, if, I, if I'm a scammer and I know I'm a scammer, right, I go like, okay, time to bolt.
2: I, right? like yeah, I'm not, but I, I but that's, not a that's, genius. But, but that's, that's what I, like as far as intent goes, I don't think his intent was actually to defraud anybody. I think he He believed there was an thought,
1: infinite supply of money to keep pumping into FTX?
2: Is yes. I okay. think he so thought it was just, he, he would be able to keep making it grow- and also make himself rich and make everybody around him rich. I think that's what he thought. Okay. Like he's, he was probably the most arrogant uh, idiot trader alive.
1: <laughs> but successful for six months or however long. The, like, how did FTX go to be the second largest exchange in that short of a time period?
2: Well, that's the thing. It was all based on perception. Okay. everybody. He he basically paid everybody to say that he had the money, and that gave him the ability to get more loans and more money Okay. and other exchanges invested in him. I think I actually, I'm not a hundred percent sure on this. I think Binance, you know, his quote unquote rival. Yeah. Uh, uh, helped fund this, the start of FTX. Like they pitched the idea like, Oh, we're going to make this exchange and we're going to get this, you know, we're eventually it was supposed to be where you could like trade Tesla stock with crypto on the FTX exchange. I don't know if you ever got that far, but, okay. um, that it, it was a, it was a, big idea you know it was like oh we want to be the 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 next generation of uh stock market okay and and i applaud that idea but it's like easier said than done man and yeah and and i mean they they i i heard a
1: i read a brief interview with the binance ceo creator whatever and he basically said like they were they had a, a large position in ftx and yeah from the beginning from the beginning and when it was pointed out to them that they had this huge position and there were some questions regarding FTX that's when they decided to liquidate their position and that mm-hmm. you know precipitated the crash mm-hmm. so had Binance just held on right it may not oh, have
2: well the scam would have went on a little bit longer yeah but FTX and Alameda research were so bad at manipulating the market that they they were losing money anyway okay and that, and that's what i'm saying like he thought that and i think he's honest about this when he was making his tweets he's like oh i thought we had 1.3 uh times more uh uh holdings as was necessary to um hold our positions open and he actually had 0.8 which is not enough to cover So that means you have to sell off your assets to make up the difference, except his assets were not liquid. And so he started selling and that brought him down from 0.8 to 0.0, basically. Okay. When, when, when the selling starts. So uh, he, he was leveraging tokens that didn't have any liquidity and that's, it's beyond stupid. You know, he had everybody's money, but he gave away so much to the Democrat party and, Uh, you know, the super packs, which we still don't know how much he gave to super packs. Um, so much for, uh, advertising, you know, he was going to, he's, he's got his name on the top of uh, stadiums and he was going to have his patch FTX patch on like major league baseball stuff until 2040 or something like that. Um, yeah. And all this is customer's money. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's like he was, uh, Extremely reckless.
0: Could I make a, just a little observation? Please. Um, the focus on the headlines and the clamor is about how this guy has lost a lot of wealth that's concentrated in these hands, the people who owned his tokens. Um, and yet I would say that the U.S. dollar, by falling 8% in value overall, um has lost a lot more value, much, many times more value than was lost with FTX, right
1: yeah, and that that's, was my early point, where the the external commentators, right the, the people who you know, the, the financial people or even the tech people who aren't in the crypto sphere, right, fail to make the parallels between what he's doing and what the federal government does and the Federal Reserve does with U.S. dollars or any national-backed currency, right? Yeah. Like, they, they'll they'll say, like, well, this crypto is a scam, right? Stick with USD and not realizing that USD is also a scam uh, and ought not curry that same favor, right? Or, you know, rubles or yen, or it doesn't matter, right? So it, you you can't look to... You can't look to muggle commentators on CNBC or, you know, whatever your favorite, you know, tech show is to accurately provide you with information about how this worked or why this is bad, right? Because they won't parallel it to the current financial situation. They don't make, they, they either purposefully ignore or are willfully ignorant of that connection, right? The U S dollar is far worse, you know, in it's in, in, in its inflatability Um, and it's lack of value and lack of backing, but people will ignore that and call crypto the scam.
2: Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, there's different levels of scams. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay.
1: So is is FTX worse than the U S dollar then? And by what, you know, by what factor?
2: Well, it's, it's funny because when, when the U S government started raising interest rates, that's when the fallout in, in crypto happened. So, so it's tied together? Well, I mean, everything's tied together. But um, when, when the price of money, you know, U.S. dollars gets a little bit you know, tighter, then all these scams fall out because, well, because they're scams and they don't actually have people's money. So when people need the money, they start pulling out, and then they realize, uh-oh, there's no money in these exchanges and that's that's the collapse. Yeah, so there's a run on the exchange. There's there's no money there. Everybody that thought they were rich are now broke. And when
1: the Federal Reserve pumps, you know, one third of the currency into the economy within what a year or two, right? No one mm. no one runs to get out of U.S. dollars. Right. It's go, oh man, fuck! Food's oh, more that, expensive. Holy crap! Uh, gas
2: is going up. What? Well, during whatever, during COVID, do. during COVID times, that's when uh FTX and uh all the block uh, BlockFi and all these other uh scams got their footing is because everybody had extra money to uh, put in. So they were they were they were getting out of the dollar, but they were getting out of one scam into another scam.
1: Okay. Did you have anything more chaos? No, no, that's that sums sums it up.
0: I think that you're right by saying that the because of the magnitude of the dollar all around the world and all the assets that are held in that, um, the 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 impact is much much greater. But it's less noticed because it's what people are accustomed to. FTX is an easy target, and rightfully so. But um, yeah, so is the Fed, and and it's not getting any of the blame. It's getting actually called upon to be the rescuer. You know, oh, they rescued banks because they can just keep printing more money.
1: Yeah. And where was where was the bailout for you know FTX doing this doing the same scam, right? Not not having you know being illiquid, not having uh, demand deposits on demand, right? It wasn't too, like.
0: It wasn't big enough to fail, you know. I mean, it wasn't too big to fail. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah how how was that even a thing though? Because with with all his altruism and donations, you know, to the Democratic Party, right? like didn't have friends in high places to to come to his rescue.
2: Well, and that's, that's what the funny thing is. He didn't realize it was going to happen. That's how dumb he was. He didn't realize it. And so when it happened, it happened too quick for him to go to the federal reserve and say, Hey man, remember me. (laughs) All right. So it wasn't, it wasn't a plan to collapse. He was too stupid to realize he didn't have, you know, the wealth that he thought he had. All right. And so, he thought, well, if I just get another couple billion dollars, then I'll be able to pump myself back up, and nobody will know. He might have been right if he were able to get it. Maybe
1: right. Cre- create a new empty box. Yeah, right? that's all you got to
2: do. Just you know, hop hop from one empty box to another. So there was another one. Uh, uh, I think uh, was it Blockfire or somebody else. Anyway, they they had uh, Shibu inu no it's uh crypto.com crypto.com holds shiba inu as as their reserves how full how foolish is that yeah it's
1: it's It's a meme (laughs) it's 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 a a meme coin coin of a shit coin
2: yeah it's a meme coin of a meme coin it's it's a shit coin of a meme coin that the elon (laughs) the elon pumped (laughs) but they're you know they've they've got the debit card right
1: they've got the advertising they've got their name on you know on the sporting complex somewhere i, f- I forget what city you know has the the crypto.com arena right they they have they have well,
2: crypto.com m- has that do they do they are they paying for shiba inu on their logos now i have no idea i, I, I well, probably I, not i
1: just know there's a sports arena out there called like the you know the crypto.com arena or state yeah
2: crypto.com sure yeah yeah so they're doing the same type of thing uh, manipulating perception in, in order for them to, you know, get customer deposits, which they don't know are just, you know, being used to do whatever. And and so doomed to fail
1: then, right? If, you know.
2: Yeah, as long as enough people take out their money and they don't have it. No. All right. Any more on Sam bankman Freed
1: or FTX? Or- I mean,
2: I, I could go on all day making fun of that guy, but.
1: Well, we're. We, we have a little bit of time left, so if you want to continue. Otherwise, <laughs> KS mentioned something about a uh, Tucker Carlson story, event, something he said.
0: Oh, I don't know any details. I just saw that some posts that uh, people were saying, oh, this is topical. But I, I thought you had a whole list of headlines that maybe that would have been in.
1: Oh, it, it's not in my list. I do have headlines.
0: Did, uh,
2: did you watch the uh, Dave Chappelle monologue? Yes. It was great, not it? <laughs> brilliant. So why why, why do people like, Dave way? Why do people like Donald Trump? I think it's the best explanation of why is because he went out on stage and said, "Yeah, we're we're uh, we're manipulating the system. We're we're uh, we're we're doing all the bad things that you think we are, and and you won't do anything about it." <laughs> and, and then went back inside <laughs>
1: and went back inside and continued to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Chappelle is great. uh, Chappelle might be one of the most, uh, I'm going to say subversive social commenters in public right now. Right. But but here's the
2: thing to me though. It's like, yeah, Trump, you're right. Uh, And you claimed you wanted to drain the swamp and whether you just couldn't or wouldn't, uh, you failed at that promise. So uh, let somebody else give it a shot because uh, you know, you had your shot. Go away.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I, I am, I, you know, not that I don't vote, but I am excited about the, the Trump 24, uh, election cycle, news cycle, meme cycle, meme cycle. <laughs> I, I called it when he first failed, right? Like when he, I went Trump 2024 reverse of the mag return of the mag guy, right? You know, a, <laughs> a new hope the empire strikes back return of the mag guy, <laughs> So I'm I'm happy I'm happy to have been correct, and we'll see what he can do. If
2: um, if he gets uh, Dave Chappelle to run as his VP or president, and maybe just Trump take the VP spot, then that would be a ticket.
1: Okay, I still wouldn't vote for it, but I would love to see. It. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I don't. Oh man, I don't. Eh, okay, I don't even know Dave Chappelle's political leanings. That's the beautiful thing about
2: Dave well, Chappelle. He said he said he's a Democrat on his okay. on his monologue. Um, but I, Cause he's I black? don't think he, okay. he, I don't think it's because he's black. I don't know why he's, he's a Democrat, but he said maybe, I don't know why I have okay. no idea, but he, that's what he said. He said he's a Democrat. Um, but I don't think he buys into all the leftist bullshit. I mean, there's a lot of Democrats that don't.
1: Clearly not. Cause he, you know, he, he makes fun of everybody uh, sure. and does not hold back from the left. So he might, he no, might
2: not even, the Jews, right? <laughs> Those two words. Oh, I said it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're done. We're, we're done. done.
1: <laughs> it's okay. I mean, what what, what are we going to get canceled from that we you know we care enough about?
0: Right? Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Oh no. <laughs> what,
1: whatever will we do with the two people who popped in and out of the, the live show, <laughs> and the handful of people that download the podcast? i guess you know for me personally uh i'm okay with that level of humor because i find it funny um i don't i don't consider myself to be racist i don't think other people think of me as racist necessarily uh, but i do find racial humor funny right and it probably stems from uh you know what was the the all the all the comedy shows on like hbo and like what, what was, i can't think of it now but what was where Chappelle got his start, and one of those HBO specials, I forget. Or, you know, BET's Comic View. I used to watch that all the time. Stand-up, stand-up on Comic... I just, you know, there's there's humor there. And after the Chappelle um, monologue, Jon Stewart was on, like, Stephen Colbert. And I watched that segment, and it was challenging to watch um, because Jon Stewart is... You know, Jewish, and so he was making fun of some of the similar tropes, uh, but he's allowed to, right? Like, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm one that is allowed, um, but it's, it's hard, it's it's hard to deny the facts, right? Like, you know, one of the things Chappelle said during his monologue was like, there are a lot of them in Hollywood, like facts. Look at, look at, look at, you know, watch your favorite movie and just read through the names of producers and executive producers like it's it's there
0: is Harvey Weinstein Jewish I mean it sounds based like a on his name, name.
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's you know that's that's part of it right there right you know you know the, oh,
0: just, Steven Minnenstein
1: that that I don't know but look you know look look at all the you know the 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 Jews run the banking institution right Look, look at the names of everybody on, uh, on you know, who founded all the banks, right? Like the, the list of names uh, who went to the meeting on Jekyll Island, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, it's a trope and it's true. It's hard to deny it. It's whether, it's whether or not you believe that the power goes with it, right? Like they produce a lot of movies. They own a lot of banks. Okay. Does that matter? Depends who you are. If you're feeling oppressed, maybe. If you're not feeling oppressed, it's just another shop owner, right? Final thoughts then? Or did you guys get cut off?
0: No, uh, really.
1: We All right, wrapping it up then. That'll do it for us. You guys know where to find us. Anarchistexperience.com on telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience or t.me slash the anarchist experience. And if you would like to contribute to the show financially, you can do so at Patreon, patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening. i will talk to you all next week. Peace.
0: Aloha.